I'm Alex and this is the Geordie Guide to Happiness. Welcome to episode 31. As always, I'm here in our virtual studio with the rest of the podcast team, Kath, Chris and Dom. Hi, everyone. Good evening. How is everybody doing? (laughs) (laughs) We don't talk anymore. We just sort of chuckle in a grim way. Rather worryingly. What was that laugh for, Dom? Just, you know, I think, uh, I, I, I think, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that sums it up beautifully, Dom, doesn't it? No words left. <laughs> well, you know, some, uh, you know what, it was a sunny day today, wasn't it? We've it was got lovely. that. It was a really nice sunny day. Yeah. Yeah. I took some photos of some daffodils, <laughs> crocuses. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Put them on Instagram. Yes, they just popped out, haven't they? Out of nowhere. Yeah. Just appeared. Mm, Every nice. house in the vicinity had four lines of washing out. <laughs> that's optimistic. Well, I was amazed. I, do, I don't know how how did you manage to get all of this washing done to hang out on a washing line? <laughs> 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 it's like more semaphore all the way up and down the street. <laughs> well, this isn't usually something exciting in normal times, but yesterday, me and the girls went to the dentist. Mm. I know. Exciting times. <laughs> Fillings? <laughs> Nothing. Everything Brilliant. absolutely spot on. So, yeah, well which is always a relief. Um, so, yeah, but uh, exciting times going to the dentist. Can't believe it. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, the subject of very mundane things being very exciting. Tonight is nachos night. Ooh, lovely. How do you do your nachos? I'm just jealous now. We do them in a big bowl with... The kit that you get from the supermarket. <laughs> yeah, big squeezy thing of sauce. Bags of cheese on top, stick it in the oven for 15 minutes, and then you just sit around the coffee table in the front room and just gorge on it going. Nice, nice. Well, uh, my eldest has got a scout session after this, and uh, her and her friend are leading the session. Ooh, so uh, it involves baking, so I have to kind of be on hand to uh, make sure there's no no disasters. <laughs> has, has has there been a coup or something? Have they taken over from Michaela? And yeah. <laughs> Michaela's tied up in a corner, going. Yeah, it's kind of uh, kind kids. of <laughs> kind of expected as part of their kind of development, I suppose. As scouts, oh, okay, okay, that's, to that's, kind that's of take point. take sort of leadership uh, responsibility on. So uh, it's uh, their turn tonight. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Good for that. <laughs> what about you, Kath? How are you doing? Um, oh, sorry, I was do- <laughs> I was doing <laughs> I was doing I was busy there. I've got this amazing thing that I want to see in the podcast, but. What have I done today? I went to my lovely egg shop in Whitley Bay and got my free-range eggs. There's an egg shop? Yeah, following following on. No, I got um, sausages with honey, mustard and something else in them, which are extremely desirable. Mm. Is that the the egg and sausage shop? (laughs) Well, no, actually. (laughs) I've discovered it's the egg, sausage and bacon shop. Oh, hey. A complete one stop. Branching out. Branching out. (gasps) Jinx. (gasps) Yeah, what? What just happened? (laughs) We both said the same thing at the same time. Oh, no. Did did you ever play the game now that that means that because you you got to speak first after you shouted Jinx, Mm -hmm. that means if Chris speaks now, he stinks, technically. (gasps) What? You stink. I stink. (laughs) You just don't. Oh, well. 
Well, it's been nice, guys. I'll, I'll, I'll see, you, see you later. I was going to make an inappropriate comment about nachos there. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, on that note... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> on that stinky note, shall we uh, introduce this week's guest interview? I'm branded for life now. <laughs> stinky Chris. <laughs> oh, good luck, Dom, uh, editing this later. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this week's interview is a double act. I caught up with Ashley and Azim from the Newcastle United Foundation. They're both currently working on the Be a Game Changer project, which they will tell you all about in their interview. Lots of really interesting things discussed around the power of football and how it can be utilised to help support people experiencing mental health issues. So enough of me talking. Here is Ashley and Azim. Ashley, Azim, a very warm welcome to the Geordie Guide to Happiness. Thank you so much for joining me today. How how are you both feeling today? Yes, well, thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm I'm all right. Um, my son has chickenpox at the moment, so that's an added stress oh, no. on life. Yes, working from home, <laughs> looking after a one year old with with chickenpox. Um, but yes, but apart from that, I'm absolutely fine. Thank you. It's probably really hard for him not to, or for you to not let him scratch. I suppose he's gonna gonna itch his knee. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Yes, It's been an interesting weekend. Get the calamine out and dot him, dot the body. He's covered. (laughs) He's covered in the stuff. Azim, what about you? How are you doing? I'm good. Um, no, no chicken pox, no itchy issues. Um, I'm in good health. I'm feeling in good spirits this morning. I've crossed a couple of things off my to-do list already, so um, I'm, I'm feeling set. You're on a roll. Yeah, long may it continue. <laughs> I was just wondering for the listeners if you could just perhaps introduce yourselves, just say a little bit about who you are um, and what you do. Ashley? Yes, yeah, so my name's Ashley Lowe. I'm the Health and Wellbeing Manager at the Newcastle United Foundation. So um, I am responsible for the adult health programmes that we run and probably tell you a little bit more about the foundation as we, as we go on. And I'm Azim Ahmad. I'm a Senior Project Officer working in Ashley's team. Um, my role is split between the, the Be a Game Changer campaign and leading on the foundation's equality, diversity and inclusion strategy. Fab. So I'm guessing most people in the city will have heard of NUFC, but for those people that perhaps haven't heard about the foundation, could one of you just say a few words about what the foundation is and and what it does? Yeah, so the Newcastle United Foundation is the charitable arm of the football club. So we work in the community, providing a wide range of programs that improve people's health and well-being so we work with young children up to older adults and we've got um we work with over 60,000 people in the community every year so there's there's lots wow. going on yeah that's huge the be a game changer project specifically why did that come about what is it that it does why is it important yeah, so we launched the Be a Game Changer campaign back in February 2019 after um, receiving some funding from the Premier League and Newcastle City Council. So we wanted to use the power of football, the power of Newcastle United, to, to reach out to the fans and really encourage them to talk openly about mental health. And the reason for that was at the time, the North East actually had the highest rates of suicide in the country. And um, we know that, unfortunately, 75% of suicides are men and we have quite a large fan base that are males so we wanted to see could we use that power of football to speak to the fans and yeah encourage them to speak 
about the mental health they're struggling, to look out for their friends and family, and also to be proactive in looking after their, their own well-being. So you mentioned that, that term, power of football. Can you describe that, Azim? What does that mean? So, well, I mean, we all in the city, well, most of us in the city and beyond are united by the football club. So that's what drew me into the campaign. So Ashley told us about the statistics that made the campaign kind of come into into life. But it was for people like me, you know, men kind of in in the 30 to 40 mm. age range who have, you know, I've, I've got mental health. Everyone's got mental health. And the campaign was about reaching out to people like me and saying it's OK that if you've had struggles, um, no matter how big or how small they are, it's OK for you. But just having it come from the football club just made it seem so much, so much more safe for us to be able to open up. So I'm one of a number of people who have shared my story about mental health challenges in the past and that that's what it was for and that's what the power of the campaign was um to to find and talk to people like me initially and say you you've got mental health other people have so let, let's talk about it so are you able to say a little bit more about your situation azim so, yeah, I mean, I had what I would call typical problems in my mid-20s of just kind of adjusting to the real world, you know, coming from uni to independence. And yeah. it just everything just got a bit too much for me. And I was I was unhappy. I was deeply unhappy. And I got to the point where I didn't want to be unhappy anymore. Mm-hmm. So I spoke to my GP and said, I, I don't want I don't want any medicine. I just want to work out how, how to find my happiness again mm-hmm. and got a referral to counseling um and you know i had a few sessions face-to-face sessions and it was it was really good for me and like to say my problems weren't massively severe but i was unhappy and i didn't want to be anymore and i just needed some some help to to find my way to that again so what was that turning point then that made you think i need to i need to make that change and and how did you take that step because for some people it's it's quite difficult isn't it for me, it was, there were a number of things. So, I mean, kind of similar to what people might be going through at the moment, um, grief, uh, work stresses. And it was, it just all, all piled up. And then it was, it was one Sunday night. I was just got to the point where I thought, I, I can't, I can't go to work tomorrow. I, I, I just can't go to work tomorrow. Um, mm. so turn my laptop on, sent an email. So I'm not coming in. I'm going to see my doctor. Mm-hmm. And that, that was it. Um, you know, made the appointment. Um, was actually really lucky. Went out for a drive to the coast and just, you know, just sat there with my thoughts for a little while and was like, that, you know, today is the start of getting better. Quite a few people on the podcast actually have talked about the, the power of the coast and being close to the sea for their happiness levels. Was Did you pick the coast as a particular place to go or is it somewhere that you like to go? Um, I've, I mean, I went up to Bamborough, so I've got loads of happy memories of, um, in Bamborough with like friends and summers and it, you know, just, I think this, the sea is more, is probably more powerful than, than football of just something that's really powerful. And it, you just look at it and it's vast. It kind of puts everything into perspective, just being able to, to kind of hear the waves crashing and, and even just kind of the different texture of being able to walk on the sand. That's something that's different. And it just, it kind of opens up some different senses. Um, and, and we are really, really, really lucky to have that on our doorstep. We really are. Yeah. Yeah. 
So thank you for that. So you've been able to bring your experiences to the Be A Game Changer project. Um, why is it important to talk about health and well-being then, mental health and well-being? There's lots of reasons why it's important. We know that if you don't, if you, you know, if you are worried, if you're feeling stressed, if you're, if you're struggling with something and you don't speak to someone that you trust, whether that's a loved one, family member or professional, then you are more likely to develop a mental health problem later on down the line. I think for myself personally, I, I sort of get quite worried about things. I can struggle with anxiety at times. And if I just kind of keep that to myself, it can build up and get a lot worse in terms of not being able to sleep properly, um, physical symptoms in regards to like sort of racing heart, things like that. So it's definitely important to speak so that you can feel better, so you can maybe get advice from friends and family, just so you've got that weight lifted off your shoulders. But I think as well, it's important because if you share your struggles or your worries, then other people can then feel confident to share theirs as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I, I often get periods of anxiety where everything just gets too much. And you're lying in bed awake at night thinking of all the things you've got to do. Or worse still, you wake up really early and then you just cannot switch off because you've got so much to think about. And then that obviously has a detrimental effect on your, on your next day because you haven't had enough sleep. So yeah, I can, I can relate to that. So what have you been doing then at Be a Game Changer? What's, you, you've talked about the power of football and using that as a way of getting people to talk. So what have your techniques, um, what things have you been doing? Yeah, so when we launched the campaign originally, we were trying to think of ways that we could reach all of the fans out there. So obviously not everyone comes to the match. At the time when we were able to go to the game, we would speak yeah. to fans and give out little business cards with the campaign information on that would direct them to a website. Within the website, there's top tips, there's mental health services that you can access. And there's real life stories from fans as well, which we know are really powerful. But we would also try and get on podcasts like like yours. We would um, sort of speak on the radio. We've had a couple of TV slots. Trying to reach people um, that don't necessarily access the foundation's programs. But we also do targeted work as well. So we set up a, a peer support group. We um, have walking football sessions. So we've got... 200 over 50s that attend Walton Football. Wow. So they're getting the, the benefits of exercise, but also socializing with, with the peers. And um, we do like workshops as well around mental well-being, stress and sleep. So there's, there's lots of different things going on. Um, we've got a Facebook group as well. We've released videos with the fans, again, sharing their stories because we know that really helps others to, to open up and share theirs. And then we, Azim came onto the team. Um, just last year, actually, and has sort of been taking that into a, a different direction. He may want to discuss that. I mean, initially, obviously, the campaign was launched to target um, men mm. um, and, you know, typically football fans, so white British men. Mm-hmm. But as we've as we've already discussed, everyone has mental health. Um, and the last year has kind of really shone a spotlight on the inequalities in society. So part of my role is to reach out to different communities, um, the Black, Asian and minority ethnic communities in Newcastle. Um, and from what I've, what I've found, which hasn't surprised me at all, um, being Asian myself, is that, yeah, we've, we've got mental health problems ourselves. We all have mental health. Um, but some of us have just got different levels of understanding of what is and what isn't a problem. Um, some people don't have the language to explain things like stress, anxiety and depression. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, in, like really interesting anecdote. Um, my mum was talking to me yesterday, talking to one of her friends who's an older Asian lady who's just had the coronavirus vaccine and has, well, she thought she was having headaches, but she wasn't sure because she's never known what a headache was or how to describe it. Wow. And that's, you know, and that's (laughs) like a real kind of a real eye opening kind of cultural thing where if, um, if you don't know, then you don't know. And it's, that's kind of the information that we need to put out there is we all kind of have, and I'm sure that she's had a headache before. Uh, I, I don't believe that somebody's got to, got to (laughs) a good old age. (laughs) Yeah. Without having one. But by the same token, a lot of people will not be aware that they have suffered from stress or anxiety or or Mm. low mood. Um, So opening those conversations and kind of just explaining things in an accessible way. So kind of through um, through videos, through target messaging, through working with community groups, that's that's kind of where we'll go through there. And Ashley's working to um, to make the campaign more inclusive to women as well. It's interesting you talk there about conversations, because that's something that um, one of our previous interviewees, Steve Dunn from Northern Pride, talked about how it's just if you're feeling low, um, you don't need to necessarily message somebody to say you're feeling low. You just need to message them and say, hey, how are you doing? And start that conversation going. And then often having that conversation is then what stops you from feeling low. So I think that's really interesting what you're saying there about, yeah, just opening up those conversations and, and having having a chat with somebody. Um, how are you finding people in the Black and ethnic minority community are responding um, has it been positive? Yeah, I mean, people are ready for the conversations, but I mean, as part of that, I have been kind of picking the right people to talk to. Um, you know, people who I know have had problems themselves, um, to not necessarily going through the usual, what we would call community gatekeepers mm. who might want to keep certain, keep certain things out of the, the kind of mainstream view. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but from everyone who I've spoken to, particularly Asian doctors, Asian GPs, who have just been like, people, we need to be having these conversations in our communities and we want people to be coming to us with problems. So I think that, that was something that was really interesting to me because initially I thought, do we need to, do we need to tweak our messaging? Is, is talking about mental health? Is that something that different communities are ready for? And mm. everyone has said, yes. Do, do not change that let's talk about mental health messaging because that's that's the key and we need to we need to all be aware of that so there's there's work to be done and obviously not being able to get out in the communities has had an impact on things but we're, we're definitely in a good place to um to be opening up those conversations so as well as the black minority ethnic communities are you trying to reach out into other areas other than as you were saying before the sort of traditional football crowds yeah, so we've been doing obviously quite a lot of our work online at the moment. Um, mm. as you know, as you can imagine. So we, um, like I said before, the real life stories are really important for us. So to date, we've released 12 and those were all Newcastle United fans that wanted to, to share their story. They'd come through the other side of their mental health journey and they wanted to help others. And we're, right. we're always looking for new new people to share their stories so at the moment we have released stories from um white british men so we are looking to release some stories from female football fans as well which should be coming up in march and then um 
yeah other other communities as well so we um i've got our facebook group which people can join so we've got about two and a half thousand members in there and people like to share um inspirational quotes that's quite a a popular one at the moment Mm -hmm. and we'll (laughs) sort of promote all of the services that are going on in the local area as well that people can access um and then we've got our online workshops as well so mental well-being sleep and stress so we have those just free for the public um just on zoom at the moment but once we can get back in st james's park we will be there (laughs) (laughs) soon hopefully soon yes Um, fingers crossed but i mean azim's already shared his personal experiences um do you have any um examples of some of those stories that you're able to share with us now on the podcast one of our case studies, Josh, he has been on our programs before. So he's part of, um, he's been part of the 12th man program, which is a 12 week intervention where guys come along and they, um, learn different stuff each week. So we'll do a, a week on sleep, stress, anxiety, happiness, mindfulness, but they also try different exercises each week. So they might go and do tennis, um, boxing, obviously walking football. So Josh came through the 12th man program and found out about the Be a Game Changer campaign and kind of approached us and said he had a story where he had wanted to take his own life um, and that you can find that story on our website and kind of as a result of sharing his story he's gone on to be a really vocal um, spokesperson for the campaign he's actually set up his own podcast um, talking about mental health he is a, a champion for the campaign for Sainsbury's where he works so he helps to promote all of our stuff with the Sainsbury's staff but also the the people that shop in the store as well um, and he even walked was it 150 miles in last over a month November yeah, wow. 150 yeah. miles to raise money for the campaign. So we've found that people share the story and then they want to continue to help raise awareness. Um, Andrew was another guy that shared his story. And as a result, he's been a guest speaker at some of our um, online events um, as well so, and featured in our fan videos. So we've made two videos so far with, with fans talking about their mental health journeys. And um, Andrew and, and Josh are featured in those, uh, amongst others. People must miss being at the football as well. Um, how, I mean, you might not be able to answer this question, but how has it been for people not being able to come together? Because, you know, often, as you were saying before about the walking football, it's the conversations that are being had while they're playing the football. And, and often with, with things, you know, it's, it's the camaraderie, it's the community of being somewhere that's important. How are people, um, managing without being able to go to the football on a on a weekly basis sometimes um I, th- I think i mean for me i'm a huge football fan myself so i've kind of seen that the the lockdown struggles where we went through lockdown one and then we were just so happy to have football back um and we've we've kind of all adjusted and then we had this horrible little tease before christmas where they said oh yeah. you might be able to go back to grounds <laughs> and some fans were allowed in but since um, since the new year, I found in conversations with participants, friends, just other football supporters, is people are really, really, really missing it now. Um, I think people have just found that kind of it's a big loss. It's that it's a massive part of your routine, you know, going to a home game every two weeks, seeing familiar people. You know, you've everyone's got their match day friends, you know, the people who you probably don't even know their name, but you know ev- almost everything yeah, about them. You yeah. know where they went on holiday last year, <laughs> you know, you know where the kids go to school. Um and 
you've you know you, you said it yourself it's it's that community and i think we we've kind of lost a lot of community spirit over the last um over the last few weeks i think yeah since christmas we had we had christmas to look forward to mm. and then since then it's kind of been like well what you know we're, we're just waiting but there's there's a light somewhere at the end of this tunnel but we don't know how long that is and i think football fans are are struggling um newcastle fans in particular because it's it's a you know it's a real part of our of our cultural heritage the football club and it's such a massive part of people's lives um i think you could say the same for sunderland as well in that respect across the northeast people are people are missing it it really is such a big part of the community isn't it and I don't think it's just football that that feeling is being felt because, um, you know, I mentioned on our pre-recording uh, chat that I I play for Newcastle Roller Derby and, yeah, we're really missing, you know, playing as a team, but also, um, yeah, just being being together as a community and, and going to watch games. You know, we just, we've just not been able to do that and it's to go from 100% uh, to, to nothing happening because you can't play, um, has been really hard. So, um, yeah, I can, I can understand, um, why people are missing it now, um, from personal experience. How, how has that affected you being able to reach people as part of the Be a Game Changer project? Yeah. So, as I mentioned before, when we were, when fans were allowed into the stadium, we used to hand out little business cards, which were handed out about 50,000 um, over the course of last year. And we did actually used to get fans coming up to us kind of saying, oh, I've seen the campaign. Thank you so much for this. It's inspired me to, you know, talk to my partner about my mental health. I've, I've you know, I've since gone to a GP. So unfortunately, we're, we're unable to do that at the moment. And um, for anyone that does watch the the home games, you will see a big Be A Game Changer banner, which we've been really lucky to, to have because obviously that's reaching new audiences that might not have known about the campaign before. Yeah. So just carrying on with our online, you know, content and um, getting articles in the Chronicle and things like that. So we released... Um, Jamie Hawley, who's the head of sports science at the football club, as an ambassador for Time mm-hmm. to Talk Day. So that got quite a lot of reach online. So always trying to think of new content to put out to engage with new audiences as well that may not have heard of the campaign before. So that's what we're doing at the moment. But as soon as we're allowed back in the community, back in St. James's Park, we shall be there. <laughs> be there with bells on. Yes. <laughs> Azim. Yeah, what I have seen as well, though, from the participants who we are engaged with is through the, the pandemic, connections have deepened. So Ashley mentioned the 12-man group. Um, mm. I kind of, um, I say, I've, I've like, yeah, I've gate-crashed one of the groups there. So <laughs> when they were um, through lockdown, when rules allowed, having kickabouts in Exhibition Park and then at Spillers Wharf, just getting the guys together where we could, um mm. You know, that's been something that I've seen from the walking footballers who, again, Ashley mentioned, who we can't get them out, but we have um, football talk sessions on Zoom with them. So again, you'll have each of the groups will have their own session where um, Thomas, one of the team, runs like a quiz and a talking point with them. So you you can see how those those connections have right really really strengthened and have probably been a massive source of comfort for each other. I know that from the the kind of twelve man playing football with them just just that Sunday afternoon, having that something to look forward to every week, where and mm. um, we'll be like, we don't know how many people are going to turn up. It could and it you know it could be four, it could be you know 10 whatever but we just you know we just went there and it's just 
blokes with a ball in a park. You know, you mm-hmm. can't get any more basic than that. I was going to say, that's proper old school, isn't it? Yeah. Jumpers <laughs> for goalposts, literally. That's, that's all you need. Yeah. But that Fair. kind of, all of that was made possible kind of through the campaign. How do you feel about your work? Is it something that makes you happy doing this sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, I love my job. It's it's nice to be able to feel like we're making a difference in the, the community. It's also quite varied as well. So my role personally, I do something different every day, which yeah. uh, for me is, is nice because it keeps my mind ticking over. I have just come back from maternity leave Um which and actually, it's quite it's quite nice to co- to come back. I suppose my maternity leave was not yeah traditional leave, as no. in there was nothing for me to do apart from wander the streets with a, a coffee in hand. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it got me out the house, so it was, it was fine. Um, so it was quite nice to come back to work actually, because I do enjoy my job. It's I've I've had jobs in the past where you know you wake up on a Monday morning and you you're gutted, but I've mm. never ever had that with my role at the foundation. And I think a lot of our staff you know feel the same everyone's getting that benefit from helping others so that's that's a big positive to working for the foundation lovely what about you Azim? yeah i would absolutely agree with that i feel like really really fortunate to have the job that i do um you know being relatively new to the foundation as an employee even though we don't get to see each other um, <laughs> other than through screens, everyone in the foundation has been really, really welcoming, which has made like a massive difference in kind of coming from the private sector where things get done in a little bit of a different way, where priorities are different. <laughs> um, That's very diplomatic. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, putting it bluntly, not having, not having a profit motive behind us, not having, you know, ca- clients to please as opposed to mm, having mm. funders to satisfy is a very very different different mm. relationship there and it all comes down to the fact that we have to you know we have to say what difference are we going to make and that that's you know my job is to make literally to make a difference that's all i need to do um so that's really really empowering it's a lot of responsibility but that in itself is is kind of fulfilling so when you're not at work what makes you happy what do you do to bring happiness into your lives i i mean the the usual friends family um i like to run i like to get outside in the fresh air not always been a runner um totally really kind of been since 2015 2016 that i started running um you know, i didn't really have any releases before that you just go and sit watch tv and you're like yeah this is this is a great existence not really <laughs> um so just being able to like physically do things that's massively important um and i've got my, my cat for company she um she keeps me happy although she's developed a really strange like her behaviors changed through lockdown so she was like she was a perfectly pleasant little cat now she'll steal food from the counter it's never done She's that getting before. Cheeky. And her her new favourite place to to chill out in a day is the bathtub. <laughs> and she'll, she'll maybe turn she'll maybe turn the water on, the tap on, just to. So she's got a drink and she doesn't have to, she doesn't have to lay, like bother herself to go in a bowl or a glass. It's just no face in the bathtub. <laughs> Why not? Place yeah. to be. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that makes me happy <laughs> having having a crazy cat around the place. Yeah. <laughs> What about you, Ashley? 
Yeah, so um, I'm a big fan of walking. So I mm-hmm. get outside every day, like regardless of the weather. I've got like my walking boots, my waterproof gear, etc. That just helps to keep me sane. If I was indoors all day, I'd, I'd, yeah, I wouldn't be a very nice person to be around, I don't think. And so I suppose it's been quite good for me in lockdown, as in like I do enjoy walking. So not so much that we can't drive to go to places like Northumberland and stuff at the moment because I don't think you're allowed to but um, yeah so getting outside for my walks but also sitting watching trash TV <laughs> I like, the, like to get the balance right there's um, nothing wrong with trash TV what's what's your guilty pleasure at the minute with your trash TV oh uh, well I'm a big fan of Night Day Fiance and for anyone that's not seen it <laughs> TLC get it watched now it's amazing <laughs> Um, so any, anything like that, like Married at First Sight has been one at the moment, but I'm working my way through Vikings, that's not trash, that's that's good quality oh, okay. TV. So getting stuck <laughs> into a good series gives you something to look forward to, doesn't it? Um, and then also cooking. Uh, I like to cook on an evening, so that's kind Ooh, of what's, my little routine. What do you like to cook? Have you got a favourite dish? Just Well, at the minute, I'm kind of trying new things all the time. I'm trying to cook with more sort of vegetables and fish. Um so yes, I've got so many recipe books that I just have never used. I seem to collect them. So I thought, right, <laughs> let's open them and actually use them for once. I was going to say they look good on the shelf, don't yes, they? It's like, yes. but do you actually use them? Yeah, we've got a few of those. <laughs> yeah. So it helps I'm me loving... to unwind at the the end of a night of looking after the end of a day of looking after a one year old. So that's my little. <laughs> my I can little imagine. Thing. I can imagine. I'm I'm loving baking at the minute. A bit different to cooking, but. Uh, I think I've got a baking problem because I keep cooking and baking chocolate cakes and muffins and then I have to sort of, yeah, give them to neighbours to eat because I thought I can't possibly eat all of these myself. Yeah, so that's <laughs> a danger, isn't it, if you, if you bake it a is. cake? Mm-hmm. It is, because you know what's gone in them. That's the thing. You know that's a whole packet of butter and yeah. a whole packet of sugar. Yeah, dangerous. <laughs> so when you think of the word happiness, um, what what comes to mind for the two of you? Um, for me, it's being content. So not necessarily, um, you know, feeling on top of the world and that amazing's happened. It's being content and just being happy with the, the everyday things. Um, mm. And I think that's really important to kind of not be striving to, you know, feel absolutely amazing all the time because you will have ups and you will have downs. But for me, being being content is, is I think, is really important. We we did some workshops with Chili Studios in Newcastle, which work with people with mental health issues, and they used a similar um, word to kind of describe, you know, rather than happiness, contentment. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really interesting that you've used that word as well. Thanks, Ashley. What about you, Azim? I think that contentment is a really, really, really good way of describing it. So yeah. um, I think, you know, happiness is, and you know, you don't necessarily have to, nothing, you know, not everything has to be going right for you to be happy. You know, we can be, the world at the moment is a pretty grim place and there's not a lot of joy, but you can still be happy within that. And I think part of that is if you're content with the things that are immediately around you, so we can't change the wider world and, and, you know, create your own little bubble and, you know, manage what's within that. And that's, that's kind of where I feel at the moment where I know that, yeah, stuff is rubbish in the wider world, but in my little world, in my little bubble, things that I can control, you know, things are good at the moment. So I know that if, if something, you know, there could be a knock or two, but does that massively affect everything else? Probably not. And that's where I'm at with my happiness. Um, but I think 
to be happy, you also need to be able to acknowledge when you're sad because mm. it's having that opposite feeling allows you to recognize when you are happy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You've already kind of touched on this um, already, Azeem, because I was going to ask, how do you maintain positive mental health and well-being personally? Uh, and you've already kind of mentioned there, you know, as long as I can, you know, my little bubble's all right, I'm, I'm okay. But is there anything else you want to add to that? Give yourself permission to switch off. So as I said there, with, you know, with everything going on in the world and with my role that covers kind of covers mental health and issues of race, you know, they're two really big and really challenging things. And yeah. they they are everywhere, um, you know, in the media, just everywhere. But I have to recognize where my shut off point is. And sometimes, you know, I can read things and literally just not let them affect me. But yeah, sometimes you just have to be like, right, phone, throw it away. You know, I, I, it's it's over there. Well, so not, I can't not reach it. Yeah, not literally throw it away. <laughs> no, I'd throw it like under the bed or under the sofa or something. <laughs> like if you could throw it somewhere where it's not going to smash, that can actually be quite satisfying as well. <laughs> Onto the bed. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of stress relief there as well. But just removing things, like physically yeah. removing things that are stressing you out, is really helpful. Mm. Thank you. What about you, Ashley? Um, yeah, so I think if I'm having a bit of a down day or if things are, you know, getting on top of me, I do think it's important to to have your moment to 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 be be annoyed, be upset, but not to dwell on it too much and to try and think, right, I've had my sad times, you know, I've I'll I'm just gonna park that and I'm gonna kind of move on. I'm gonna distract myself with, you know, whether it's having a bath, reading a book, um, and try and focus on the positives as well because I think it's really easy to kind of get sort of trapped in that cycle of focusing on all the negatives whereas mm. sometimes it's just good idea to remind yourself of the things that are good in your life um absolutely so yeah yeah thank you well that's fab thank you so much for your time today both of you um before we finish the interview are there any kind of links um social media um profiles that people can be following if they want to find out more about Be A Game Changer? Yes. So um, if you search Newcastle United Foundation, Be A Game Changer, you will have a website. We've got our Facebook group. The foundation have got their their Twitter account. Um, we've actually put together a, a link tree, which is a, a link that we can share. And it's got links to all of the all of the contents are so really easy for people to, to access that. Um, so it will, we can sort of pass that on for you to share on your social media if that's, if that's helpful. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. But thank you so much. Um, it's great to hear about what, uh, NUFC Foundation are doing with Be a Game Changer. So thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. So that was Ashley and Azeem. What did people think? Oh, can I start with a comment? Of course you can, Kaz. <laughs> I, I think you deserve a, an award for actually getting the cat perspective on lockdown into this interview. <laughs> um, that going from good cat to naughty cat. Yeah. So yeah. that was that was one of the things I took from, <laughs> from this interview. I'm now scoring out my pets. list of things to talk about because I've got the cats thing as well. So that's that's out. So there you go. Gone. But, uh, it was a very powerful interview. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. powerful. And 
such a lot of so many issues but a couple of things that, that struck me when he was talking about headaches and language mm. Mm. that just brought home so many things about inclusion and exclusion from a particular scenario or how, how do you feel if you haven't got the words to express how you feel I, I thought that was amazing the other thing I think I should confess here that that I'm a complete football technophobe if that's that's a whole new word you know what what I mean but at one point there was a conversation about absence of the crowd and not meeting people in the crowd where you don't know anyone's names, you don't know where they live you don't know their phone numbers but when you're in the crowd they are your friends Mm -hmm. and your support mechanism and that struck home it applies across a lot of different audiences and events and I think that was one of the things that I really took away from that it was beautiful Mm. really nice yeah yeah that sense of community Mm. around Mm -hmm. uh, a common common interest yeah Mm. definitely I'd love to meet the cat (laughs) (laughs) what about you Chris (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, 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 the cat thing. I'm glad that we've kind of definitively stated now that cats are, in fact, mad. And and there's no no other way of getting around it. I feel, I've never owned a cat because I'm allergic um, to, to cats, but they always need to gravitate towards me, which is particularly annoying. But um, I feel, you know, all this time we're spending on Zoom, I feel like I kind of vicariously own a cat now, or, you know, somehow that, you know, I mean, it's been cats are now part of my life so much that uh, I might as well. Might as well own one. I'm uh, I, I'm a stranger to the terraces. Uh, I'm not uh, not a That's particular. Very elegantly put. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we we did we did do a project with Curiosity Creative uh, a few years ago with um, Sunderland Football Club, the Foundation of Light. Um, <laughs> my abiding memory of that was uh, being invited along to a game after it, and sitting next to your dear hubby Alex. Uh, who is a football fan, and he, bless him, he had to explain the whole thing to me about <laughs> what was going on, which he did with grace and patience, and I'm, I'm, I'm eternally grateful. But I think the, yeah, the thing which kind of really um, kind of stood out for me uh, was when they were talking about kind of, the, it was almost like this thing about kind of mental health, and it's not always clear to people that they are actually ill. You know, it, it's something you have to you have to realize sometimes that, you know, mm. sometimes it becomes so, so normal and so part of your everyday existence that mm. you don't actually see that you're see that you're struggling. And that's kind of one of the insidious things about you know, depression and anxiety is that it sort of it, it cloaks itself. And, yeah. you know, having having an organization like these guys that are you know saying, look, this thing is there talk about it share your experiences and it, it, it is i'm so glad they're doing it so yeah. glad they're doing it and you know more more strength to them it was great that azim was able to use his personal experience um, mm. and bring that to the project as well um so he, he kind of had that life experience of waking up that day and feeling i can't go to work um mm. and then seeking the help that he needed um and again the coast and the beach and being by the sea was the, the mm. first place he went to was was Bambra was the coast which again you know has come up so many times in our episodes hasn't it about this mm-hmm. uh desire uh, to be near the sea 
Um, so I thought it was great that he was able to bring that experience to the role that he's doing. There was a lovely line of accidental poetry that he came out with, which was, the sea is more powerful than football. <laughs> mm. Ooh. A bold statement. A bold statement <laughs> in the context. Up here. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought the, another thing that, that you, they both talked about was the fact that you, you can't actually be happy all the time. Mm. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong in that. Mm. And you appreciate the happy moments when you put them into context of other things that have gone on. I thought that was a very wise statement. Yeah, definitely. And I really uh, appreciated uh, Ashley admitting that she has, you know, her guilty pleasures of watching uh, box sets oh, <laughs> on <yeah>. Netflix. <laughs> uh, was it 90 Day Fiancé and all sorts of things like that? I think we all have our little sort of... Uh, programs that we don't like to admit that we like watching um but go on then, everybody i think i think we need to uh well, name the name and sh- name and shame i'm on season 14 of supernatural at the minute oh, my <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i'm sticking to the trump chronicles on cnn oh, my oh wow. c- hey come on that's far too sophisticated 120 hours and counting <laughs> uh well we're on uh, line of duty at the moment uh, introducing our, our kids to that, which is pretty full on, but we it's supposed to be things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Veronica Mars. <laughs> I feel like I've been tricked here into admitting my guilty pleasure, and then you're yeah. all saying, Oh, I've just finished War and Peace. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring it back down for you, Dom. It's okay. I, I got completely sucked into Selling Sunset, um, which is on Netflix. Oh, is that the state, the, the real, real realtors? In, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's so not the sort of thing that I would normally watch, but I don't know what it is. It got me completely hooked. It was brilliant. <laughs> Loved it. So, yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much to Ashley and Azim for your time. Yeah. That was a really good yes. interview. Thank you. So I hope you've been inspired by this episode. Um, you can always get in touch with us via email, hello at thegeordieguidetohappiness.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Geordie Guide or on Facebook, The Geordie Guide to Happiness. And as always, I want to give a shout out to our funders. This project wouldn't be possible without support from the Newcastle Cultural Investment Fund at the Community Foundation. So thank you so much for your support. Yeah. So we're reaching the end of this current run of the Geordie Guide to Happiness podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to all of the episodes we've released since July last year. We've certainly enjoyed making them. Next week will be a roundup episode featuring some of our previous interviewees. We will also have some special news to announce, so tune in to find out what that is. (laughs) 